0: Morning. what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Not a good movie. I am going to go see uh, Sisu tomorrow. Oh, man. Oh, man, because you're bummed you're not seeing it, or oh, man, because you're like... I don't want to watch that Nazi movie.
0: Well, I'll watch that movie, but like this idea of like old man is a killing machine. Yeah. And a one man army type thing. It's like, when does it
1: stop? When do we get off this ride? So, you're not burnt out on Evil Dead remakes.
0: I'm burnt out on old, indestructible old men. He's
1: not even that old. He's pretty
0: old. He's got a wrinkly face and gray Let hair. Let me
1: see how old that actor is.
0: His whole family's dead. He's, he's grizzled. old. Grizzled. He's older than Bob. Uh, uh, is it Bob Odenkirk? Who is, it? Who is in Nobody?
1: Bob Odenkirk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's older than Bob. This actor was born in 1959. So yeah, I guess he's pretty old.
0: Holy shit!
1: Isn't his 60s? 97
0: years old. That's unbelievable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bob Odenkirk is. He's 80. like 60. Bob Quotenker was born in 1962, so he's three years older, younger. A world
0: of difference as far
1: as I'm concerned.
0: I don't know, but it's like you know exactly what's going to happen in that movie. There's no surprises. I know
1: exactly, well, sure, absolutely, but I know exactly what's going to happen in most movies.
0: I suppose that's our fault, right? Right. Like, if you watch, if, if you uh, consume or participate in anything long enough, eventually, like, it it's on you to stop knowing, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, even people that, like, watch sports long enough, or in my case, like, professional wrestling, you get to this point where you're like, I've seen it all, and unless it's, like, some major innovation... Like I'm going to keep seeing it and seeing like recycled and remixed stuff. Exactly. It's very familiar to me.
1: It's not necessarily that everything is derivative, which a lot of things are, but it's like if you've just seen everything, then it's like, yeah, it's not the product's fault. It's, it's, it's you are the one who has killed the magic.
0: Yeah, it's almost like we should go do something else.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's like, well, yeah, when you're like 13 and 14 watching. Movies that you haven't seen before, and I'm like, I've never seen anything like this, you know, and it's not even, it's not even like an obscure movie. It's just a movie from the 70s, you know, and then as, as that goes along, you have that feeling less and less and less and less, you know, and then when it happens, you're like, oh, my God, it's something different.
0: Do you think that social media has created a pressure like you kind of were talking about this before, but do you think there's like a, a pressure? to like lean into your interests as your identity and like if you're someone who likes movies like you're sort of like you have to see everything otherwise you you're not really yes. about that life
1: I mean yes I think I would say if anything social media has made it easier for that to be your identity rather than necessarily uh, I mean there's all I, I don't know because obviously they've for a lot of people, there are a lot of pressures with social media to be a certain way or do a certain thing or live a certain lifestyle. But I feel like, I mean, particularly with like nerdy stuff, like horror movies and comic books, there's always been that person who's like, that is their identity. If anything, I would say it's just helped make it, help it in the mainstreamification of it where now it's like, someone's like, Ooh, I'm a nerd, you know? And that's a, quirky, cute trait rather than a lame trait. And I'm not trying to be like, we were nerds first, blah, 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 blah. Because I don't even really consider myself part of that category either. Not that I'm some sort of cool guy.
0: I've definitely always considered you a nerd. (laughs) But now it's pretty mainstream. It's less of a, like, outcast thing than it was. But Yeah. I mean, I look at you like you have an entire wall in your home of movies. Yes. An entire like load-bearing structure covered in VHS and DVD and Blu-ray. By comparison, I have like a couple of small shelves of movies.
1: Yes, but I mean also physical media is important to me. Just in general, I have a lot of books, records. You know. What about uh,
0: wall scrolls with like poems?
1: Oh, I have so many scrolls. (laughs) I'm not not showing you my scroll collection. Ancient manuscripts. Or those
0: little tiny notes that like, birds used to carry.
1: Oh, like passenger pigeon notes? Yeah. Yeah, I just got a shoebox of those. Yeah. I don't know. It's like they don't take up a lot of space. I honestly hardly ever look at them anymore. Yeah, you don't keep up with this... your
0: correspondence anymore. Yeah. What with the email?
1: Well, I guess it's kind of odd because sometimes I'm really into some sort of like technology, but in general, I'm more analog. But like every now and then I'll be like, well, this is amazing.
0: Like you bought one of those, uh, uh, like a Bluetooth speaker, but it looks like an old-timey radio. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> see, that's my speed. Like technology encased in something that that uh, is obsolete and, and difficult to use.
0: Mm-hmm. So to just uh, put a bow on kind of the, the point we were meandering about is, uh, we're not going to see every movie, goddammit. You're not going to see Evil Dead, and I'm not going to watch sisu and some people are gonna watch Bo is afraid but others are not
1: i will probably see that
0: yeah i'll give that a watch i don't, yeah. I don't feel compelled to see it in the theater because it's like a talking movie you know
1: i do want to see it in the theater um even though it's like not something that i was like instantly like yes but i have a feeling that it's going to be one that is definitely better in the theater and i've liked that guy's other movies So far, but this one looks radically different from those. Yeah.
0: Hereditary was fun as shit in the theater. I I can honestly say that uh, I I don't know if I've ever, maybe the only other respectful horror audience I saw, Mm -hmm. uh, aside from Hereditary, where everyone was very quiet and respectful of the tense moments and just kind of like leaning into it. Uh, The other great audience was uh, A Quiet Place. Mm. And everyone was actually quiet.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was pre- when I saw A Quiet Place, people were pretty quiet. When I saw Hereditary, I saw it at like ten in the morning, and there was only a few other people there, and it was one of the most uncomfortable theater experiences I've ever had. Yeah, no, I can not see like that. they were all being quiet too, so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like an audience problem. I'm just saying the movie itself in a dark, mostly empty room at ten in the morning was pretty intense
0: just wondering how everyone else got there and like what their backstory was. Yeah. Some of them are like fugitives just hiding out in a random movie. You know, oh, yeah. Others are going through a divorce or maybe they're ill. Why? Wait, why did you go so early?
1: Oh, uh, well, I guess I haven't done that so much lately. Um, but post-pandemic, but that's a time I used to go to movies a lot. Because either if it was like on the weekday, it would be before I have to go to work. You know, because I work in the in the late afternoon. And then sometimes it's just nice, like on a rainy day to go see a movie early in the morning and get it out of the way, you know? You know, honestly, I'm not even a big snacks person when I go to the movie. Yeah. Like, I will, like, maybe I might, like, bring something in my pocket, maybe. I won't, <laughs> I don't order stuff at the concession stand. A
0: Werther's like, Original?
1: <laughs> oh, I'll definitely. I'll go to town on a Werther's Original. <laughs> Like, I don't order popcorn. If someone else gets popcorn I'm with, like, I'll have some of it. Yeah. You know, but I'm just here to watch the show.
0: Yeah, whatever. I've got all, like, wolfed down, like, usually before the opening of the movie. Like, while we're watching the, uh, what do they call that shit? that you the watch previous? before the movie no not the trailers what, whatever that stuff is that plays before the trailers. oh like the
1: the newbie or whatever or like movie like pre-movie show yeah or hosted show, by maria
0: the... Menunos. yeah yeah all that shit yeah i'll usually eat whatever i've got during that period and then um, sip I'm... my my mountain dew icy the rest of the the show
1: I remember I when I was a little kid I snuck a can of soda into Batman Returns and I thought I was like being really bad.
0: Oh yeah, my great grandma used to do that. When she took me she took me to two movies that I can distinctly remember. Uh one of them being The Mighty Ducks and the other being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And she would always wrap a like a root beer or an orange soda in a napkin and put it in her purse. Yeah. And then she would open it for me. And then give it to me because she knew how to
1: open it quietly. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I was really like that was my my real like bad boy. It was it was all downhill from there. That was the moment that like that uh, was the gateway to me just becoming a juvenile delinquent.
0: Oh, when you started doing crimes and you yeah, tore exactly. the sleeves off of all of your uh, like your shirts and your denim oh, jackets. Yeah. Yep. Here's a piece of trivia to wrap your brain around. The quote-unquote dragons in the movie Reign of Fire are in fact uh wyverns, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Seems like it's from a Dungeons and Dragons compendium because they only have two legs whereas actual dragons have four.
1: Oh, is
0: that actually true or is that like like lore
1: dragons aren't real so i would assume that it's lore
0: well like an iguana or a bearded dragon or something
1: like that is that what we're there's no
0: other context for this piece of trivia so i'm trying to like sort out
1: yeah so i i don't think uh, uh well iguanas you know they no, there's no lizards with like straight up wings actually that's not true yeah that's not true but they can't flap or fly. They're just kind of like gliding lizards. All
0: right. The wyvern.
1: I have heard that that, that uh, thing wyvern before to refer to dragons, but I could not have classified what, dra- what makes a dragon a wyvern or, and not a wyvern.
0: The wyvern is a type of dragon with two legs, two wings, and often a pointed tail, which is said to be a venomous stinger. <laughs> the wyvern and its... Various forms. This is important in heraldry, frequently appearing as a mascot of schools and athletic teams. It is a popular creature in European literature, mythology, and folklore. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) There we go. If I continue reading, there's drop downs here for uh, highest damage. That'll tell me what wyvern does the most damage, Uh, the strength level, uh, the price, and the rarity. I really want to see what the price is. What? The live Wyvern price today is 0.461903 US dollars with a 24 What the fuck?
1: What are you talking about? Oh that's a
0: (laughs) That's a crypto coin. Why is that associated with dragon trivia? Oh my
1: I hate this already. Whose idea
0: was it to do this movie?
1: yours god damn hi everyone this is the trashy podcast i'm elliot joined by keith this is the show where we go out to prove there are no garbage movies only garbage opinions
0: and garbage cold opens that was a good solid 20 minutes of just fucking nonsense
1: <laughs> you know you can cut that out right <laughs> yeah yeah and you should no nah.
0: i'm gonna leave in the the 20 minutes of gold
1: do you ever feel worse after you go to the bathroom? Yeah, on occasion. Yeah, I'm in that moment right now, so who knows what's gonna happen. Anyway, guys, we watched the movie Rain of Fire. Now, now we're
0: now. gonna talk about it,
1: right? What is Rain of Fire?
0: Rain of Fire is a 2003, right? 2002 science fiction action thriller edge of your seat roller coaster ride in which a bunch of greased up unkempt dudes try to survive a future post-apocalyptic world where dragons are the apex predator how's that for
1: a plot summary so when was the first time you saw it what did you think of it then And what did you think of it now? And did you see it any time in between?
0: Here's a funny anecdote. When I first saw the trailer for this, during its original run, I took one look at it and I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I'm never going to see that idiotic movie. Who are all these guys? I don't know. That looks dumb. And all my friends at school were like, that looks so cool. Let's go watch it. I guess community college. So you, I was just like, so you were me. like, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, that looks so cool. But go see it.
1: <laughs> I was like, you're. You, you talking about me? <laughs> I was. I don't know. Um,
0: I thought yeah. it looked stupid. I was like, dragons, get off your high horse, nerds. Also, the mid the mixing of the. You know the post-apocalyptic future, the Mad Max style, yeah, filth, and what have you. I was just not. I was like, this is all just looks like a dumb gimmick. It looks like a like a theme park ride. But I guess that's what they were going for. And mm-hmm. so I just I didn't see it during the original run. It was another thing that I waited, and then when I had cable, it just came on and i think if i'm remembering correctly i came in watching it during christian bale's kind of uh like where he's like writing his little letters or journal or whatever and oh he's, so
1: like pretty much just the very beginning, i mean like
0: yeah but he's like bringing us up to speed on what's going on yeah. and what has happened and how we got here and i was like this is cool Yeah. I love shit like that. I love exposition that kid brings us up to speed, but is also like very cryptic and like he says a lot of spooky stuff. Yeah. Like talking about how nuclear weapons didn't work on the dragons and everybody's starving and, you know, they couldn't do anything. They're helpless like little babies.
1: I say, I think I saw it, I didn't see it in the theater, but I think I saw it like right after that. Like on home video.
0: Was this like an exciting innovation in action to match up, uh, you know, dragons with like a Terminator style future?
1: Well, it definitely seemed like I remember having the same thought of you of like this seems like a gimmick.
0: I was not into the dragon era, Reign of Fire, Dragon Heart. I liked the Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, but there's no dragons in (laughs) that.
1: I assumed I saw it because I was just like, oh, I'll see this. It has some crazy dragons in it. I want to see what that's all about. Yeah, that was
0: also a time when you just go to the movies just for no good reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember thinking it was pretty good, uh, better than I expected it to be. And then I hadn't watched it again until yesterday. And I remember thinking that it was in some ways better than I remember and in other ways not as good as I remember. Did you feel
0: – and I don't, I don't remember this from the first time I watched it because when I started my journey to cable, as I'd never had cable until I was an adult. And so when I started watching movies on cable, I didn't care if movies like – felt uh incomplete or chopped up or edit if they were edited for television i used to just laugh and i just was stoked to have cable i didn't give a crap right i was catching up on a lot of movies i'd never seen watching this now it's pretty cool but it felt like there is a lot of shit missing from it i don't know where you watched it but i watched it free with ads on youtube <laughs> <laughs> It felt like there was a lot of scenes just not there.
1: Yeah, I definitely like. It's not a very long movie, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it was cut out. Like if they filmed a lot more. Because it's only what like an hour and a half, hour and forty.
0: It felt like forty-five minutes. Generally, well, I remember.
1: I remember like I was watching it, and I was uh, folding laundry or something while I was watching it. Like the, I was, I was doing like some sort of mindless activity. That I could focus on what I'm watching at the same time. And then I like stopped it to go put something away. And I was like, oh, this is almost over. Yeah. And it felt like it was, it felt like it was still like the setup, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm an, I'm an, I'm over halfway through. And I feel like this should be like just the beginning of the movie. So yeah, there could be a lot of stuff cut out of it. And I think maybe that's where it's biggest flaw is Because when it first started when I was watching on this second time, like the very beginning, I was like, ah, this is I'm not really into this. It's fine, but this is not as good as I remember. And then once Matthew McConaughey and his, like, group of, like, weirdos show up, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And then. And then it has a really good chunk in the middle. And then it has another, like, kind of like, eh. And then the ending's pretty good with some questionable choices. Yeah. So overall, I do think this is a solid, like, super fun movie. It's kind—I of, mean, it's like it's like European dragons and all and all that—but it's pretty much just like a modern kaiju movie, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think I know you just said that, at least in retrospect, in the past, you were not into like the, the post-apocalyptic world aspect of it. I've always been surprised that there haven't been more kaiju type movies. That do start like like out like that like after like so x amount of years after the uh, appearance of monsters because one it's just like create something different from the normal like monster shows up cities in danger cities destroyed defeat the monster but also too it like kind of makes it all feel more lived in yeah and we've been dealing with monsters for and there's so many things you could do with it that I haven't seen done like you could have religious cults worshiping the monsters and. I think Pacific Rim did a really good job of hinting at a lot of that stuff and showing how the kaiju showing up has created kind of a, a, a new economy. And you have this, this, black market for kaiju parts and, yeah, you know, and the, 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 there's the kaiju fallout shelters and all this stuff, but even so you could expand on these ideas a lot more. And this one does a fairly good job of that as well, of showing how they've set up new systems, you know, of, you know, how. I mean, just even that part at the beginning of the movie where he's arguing about harvesting the fruit or the vegetables. He goes, if you harvest the vegetables now, and they won't go to seed, we won't have a harvest for next year. Like that creates like an understanding of how one has had to adapt in this world of dragons or giant monsters.
0: That's a very high level of specificity applied to a like singular moment mm-hmm. in the movie. I wish that would had been applied to some of the characters? Yes. And flesh them out a little bit better because you got lots of interesting people here and you don't learn anything about them.
1: Correct. I mean like that's I think actually the biggest problem with the movie amongst other things like 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 you just said that's a very high level specificity applied to something that seems very simple. And then there's other stuff and it's like wait a minute, like well, you've explained this but then that actually creates a new plot hole over here and I'd like to know more about this and that, that and the characters. Yeah. Like I do not really care about Christian Bale's character whatsoever.
0: No, the weird, it's such a weird backstory. Christian Bale's the main guy. He's the leader of the band of uh, losers holed up in this castle, uh, trying to eat and live, uh, in a world of dragons. And he was at ground zero for the, the dragons being dug up. His mom was in fact responsible (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which
1: is such I mean when, when you phrase it like that, it's like it's so stupid. Like they dug up the dragons. his mom dug up the dragons. Yeah,
0: it was and- his mom's fault, and then he got spit in the face by a dragon and then they all died in an elevator because
1: they were digging like making a subway tunnel or something. and like, yeah, it wasn't cracked- even
0: like a nefarious thing, but he's sort of like it's almost like they were setting it up to be like, oh, he harbors this guilt and feels responsible. And like maybe you get flourishes of it later on, but it like it just sort of is like pointless. It's just sort of like a, a funny trivia at that right. point. It's like, well, it's right. like
1: it. It's it comes back, I think, in the sense of like how uh, Matthew Hayes character, what is it, Van Sant or something, or Van Zan. Or Van
0: Zan.
1: Van Zan. Once is tracking the origin of the dragons. And he's like, it's there. He figures out that they're in London, and Christian Bill's like, I know, and I won't go back there because bad things happen to me there. But it doesn't like, re- it doesn't really feel resonant, you know, like no. it doesn't resonate. Uh,
0: it's also not like I know the secret hidden layer where the male lives because my mom discovered it, and I'm gonna lead you back there because it's hard to find. It's like, no, you just go where the most dragons are, and it's in London, which like you know. There's a decent amount of English people still left, it seems, that could probably take you there. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, like, the ideas are there, and, like, if you sort of reshuffled them, it would all, like, feel more valuable, but as it stands, it's just kind of like, oh, okay.
1: Well, and I think where the movie does really shine the most is when it does do those things, and it does create these, like this sense of like, Oh, this is something they're reacting to something real. Like that first after Van Zandt and his group show up where like the dragon hunter guys who have figured out have been tracking the dragons and have determined that they've been they're from America and they've been hunting dragons and all the dragons they, they kill are female. And they've been tracking their flight patterns and it all goes back to London uh, where there's one like alpha male that, that fertilizes all the dragons. And if they get there and they kill the male, then they're gonna kill then that'll be it. That'll be end of the dragons. They'll just die out. So they show he shows up and like they have that whole like dragon hunting scene. And that scene is awesome in a lot of respects. I mean it's like one, it's just a very good action scene, it's well executed, but all the technical stuff, like this is how we do it, this is how we've these are the methods that we use to hunt dragons, these things that ever no one else could kill and seem unstoppable. All that stuff is really good. And then when they start talking about the dragon, I think the the only being one male thing is kind of a little bit wonky, but just like like how the dragons work, how they fly, how their combustion systems work, you know, all that stuff is really cool. And if that was the entire movie, I think we'd have a better a, a better movie. Which we do have a very fun movie. I'm not like trying to rag on this movie hardcore. I'm just seeing where it could have been a great
0: movie. I'm definitely trying to rag on it. And it's funny you point that that scene out because so remember how I was talking about a John Carpenter's vampires where we see the vampire hunters going to work and they're supposed to be pros at the top of their game. Right. But they're acting like it's their first day on the job and we see them like fuck up and and kind of blow it. But, you know, they barely like make it out and, and get the job done. We, we get introduced to Matthew McConaughey and his sort of slick ragtag group of uh, military who's he, what's it's <laughs> And immediately they fucking blow it. They have just said they rolled up on this castle full of people and we're like, hey, we need to stay here. We're hunting dragons and we just need to, you know, we need to get some sleep and re- reload our tanks and whatever the fuck. And then it's time to hunt a dragon. And the first thing that happens is one of their team members blows it. And I get that dragon hunting is pretty serious business and maybe even uh, more dangerous than hunting vampires. But, like, this is their opportunity to shine and be like, look, we've got the system, like, nailed. We're pros at this. You know, I got this dragon tooth on a necklace because I'm a badass. And uh watch this. We're going to show these dragons what's up, and they sort of bumble their way through it. Now, they do they do take down the dragon. They kill the dragon, which is very cool, but it's just another one of those scenarios where, like, I guess, yeah, you have to have some kind of attention and things like that, but it would have been cool to see them, like, just knock it out of the park and be, like, super slick and uh, just kind of uh, follow through on all of the things they said.
1: Yes, but I think, in a, in a sense, they do follow through on it, in it because what do they refer to him as? The, the guys who like who jump out of the helicopter in squirrel angels Archangels. to lure the dragon into the trap, right? Yo, that's right a
0: off, so right away that's setting my expectations very high because that's a biblical reference.
1: Right. So if you're going to
0: call yourself an archangel, you better know when to pull your chute and you better not like but like they but they say anything right,
1: they, up. They say before that scene you know, how they're going to go up and do this and whatnot. And they say the average life expectancy for a, an archangel is 17 seconds. Yeah, that's
0: true. They have also burned through. What did Matthew McConaughey say? He said, like, they started with, like, 250 men, and they're down to, like,
1: five. Right. <laughs> and he's like, so he's like, they acknowledge that, like, they Maybe acknowledge their... system
0: their... isn't so good.
1: What's the? But it's still the best one. And <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, it's the least... Worst. So it it works in that sense because it's like these are the experts, right? And it's still nearly impossible for them, right? Yeah, and it's then very hard. Af- after they take down the dragon, right, and like two or three people die taking down the dragon, like Christian Bale and all his little like townsfolk are cheering. Van Sant even comes in and goes like, "What are you guys cheering about?" He's just like, "We killed one dragon and lost lost three three people. Like this is not a celebration, like." We're losing this war, you
0: know? No, and his performance is great. That's one of his, his great moments where he's all glassy-eyed and saying crazy shit. Yeah. I hate, I hate the fact that they played Jimi Hendrix, uh, Fire. Like, Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Did they think they were, like, from the, the perspective of those people, did they think they were being, like, clever or, like... I I wouldn't have that kind of a sense of humor after watching people get, you know, murdered for decades by dragons.
1: Or maybe that's when you would start having that sense of humor. Maybe. The first 10 years into it, you'd be like, hey, guys, that's that's poor taste. Yeah. Another 10 years after that, it's like, yeah, let's do it. I think that is another issue with the movie, though, is the most interesting characters are the side characters, which is the case in a lot of movies, you know? But they still have that you have to focus on them enough to carry things along so then your antagonist can have their story arc and blah 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 but it just doesn't work i mean like i think if we had a hot van zant's like kind of like this ahab type character right kind of kind of right he doesn't seem to have why does his why does he have so much skin in the game you know whereas Christian Bale's character has, I guess, some sort of loose reason to have be invested, but he doesn't feel invested. He doesn't seem invested in his churn at the end of, like, okay, I'm going to do this, is lacking something. So I kind of always wanted the movie to focus more on the dragon hunters and less on Christian Bale's, like, little community of whatnot.
0: Yeah. And I guess uh, Matthew McConaughey's, like, real motivation is that he's lost so many people and then he's like oh we're we're all that's left of the military but like he doesn't really have he says lots of crazy stuff and does his wide-eyed glassy sort of ranting uh, a few times and it's cool but he doesn't ever really have that moment where he's like oh my god like you've you've let a madman come in here and like put your whole community in danger. Even though that's what he does, but it's still like it's not presented in such a way that it seems all that crazy. Like it seems like right. pretty a pretty reasonable. And he does come into their community in order to recruit and you know, get some more people. Uh and you know, Christian Bale's not stoked on that, but it's not like it's not that sneaky or that manipulative or like right he's not doing like like the whole deal where it's like uh any mean, by any means necessary, it's still, like, right. fairly reasonable. And so, like, when they come into conflict, it's like, uh they, they seem like they're being a little irrational, especially Christian Bale. But my favorite part comes when, um, after McConaughey and his crew, like, they're trying to go to, they're trying to travel out of town to London, and they get blocked on the road, and the dragon does do exactly what christian bale said it would do it comes back to the castle and like nukes everybody and then (laughs) matthew mcconaughey shows back up and cracks open the door to like the shelter that everyone was in and he looks at christian bale and he goes you were right and then you just cut to the next scene
1: (laughs) yeah uh so I'm taking it that you did not feel uh, this is, this one did not hold up for you as as much as you thought it would.
0: Well, no, like I, it's fun to criticize things because uh, it's you know it's easy to look at all the bad stuff, but it's it's a thoroughly entertaining movie. It right. just has lots of weird, like oh, almost, oh, almost, like it's
1: almost it's almost a movie you want to be better or worse, you know? Yeah, if it was like schlockier. It would almost be more fun. Yeah. Or if it, like, shined in those, those well moments. I don't know. I think, like, there's enough parts where it hits where it, where it should. Like, I, I, I do really like that first dragon hunting scene. I like the, the final showdown for the most part has a couple things in there. Then it's like, that's kind of weak. Like, I think Van Zandt's, like, demise is pretty, uh, lackluster, uh. But I think in those moments, it, it, it connects and it hits overall. Um, I think the CGI is surprisingly really good. It's pretty, um, yeah, that's like... For, particularly for like, it's a two- movie from 2002. And, yeah. And most of it looks really good, like really holds up. And I think it was not necessarily because it was the greatest CGI in the world, but it was executed very very smartly by having a lot of it be at night or you know obstrued by smoke or rain yeah it was
0: silhouettes it was like weather is environmental effects and shadows it was yeah it was very cleverly used and it wasn't just like hey look at what we can do it wasn't hinging on the effects right they needed the effects to get the movie done but they weren't like making an effects movie
1: And, I mean, like, that full-size, like, practical dragon carcass is pretty fucking rad. Oh, man, it's awesome. There's
0: a really cool uh, behind-the-scenes feature that shows all of that stuff being made, and it's super fucking cool. That's always the best part of any, like, kaiju movie. It's, like, Mm -hmm. when they're walking around a corpse. Oh, yeah. I love the, the, the... I mean, this is totally unrelated, but... When they have that fucking uh, kaiju skull in Godzilla versus Kong, mm-hmm. and it's hooked up to all the the wires and doodads and computers to power a mecha Godzilla, yeah, that's so fucking awesome. <laughs> I love that yeah.
1: shit. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of that movie, but it definitely had a few things like that where I was like, nailed it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, Reign of Fire is pretty entertaining. And even like the the, the stuff that doesn't work, you can still kind of laugh at. And like those moments where there's like such a weird dialogue dialogue cutoff. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple more moments like that. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but it's uh it's hilarious. Just kind well, of also- and that's where it feels like it was like someone made a sub sandwich. And then after they were done, they were like, "Uh, that's too much lettuce. That's too many peppers. Too much onion." And they like just pulled it out,
1: right? But like pulled it out randomly, not with like.
0: Yeah, like, it's a little random.
1: It's like you'll get one bite that's like, "Oh, that's a lot." Yeah, I don't know. I think it is. Uh, like you said, it is easy to rag on, but also like as someone who loves giant monster movies and loves kaiju movies and stuff, and I look go back and if I'm being objective, like against a lot of those, I like. A lot of the plots and logic of those don't hold up at all. So no. here I'm, I'm criticizing this one, but it's all in the same. It's all in the same uh, bag, and it's all just like if you like monsters, this is a really uh, like breezy, fun little movie you can watch. I said it's like, and like I said, I was like doing some other stuff while I was watching it, and it's not hard to follow while you're, like, half distracted or anything, so...
0: No, I mean, a lot of those th- moments where I'm like, it feels like there's a scene missing, like, you'll probably not even notice them. Right. But it is really, like, it's, like, just a... Here's a, you know, apocalypse movie where everyone's, like, filthy and starving and whatever, but it just has, like, a new wrinkle in it. Like, there's... It's just a new flavor of that, right? Like, you don't always want to watch, uh, you know, The Road, but this right. is... from a visual standpoint it almost looks like the same world and sometimes i like to just wonder if like uh you know those losers out on the coast are out there scavenging for a can of coke meanwhile uh, christian bale and gerard butler get to live in a castle and eat tomatoes
1: i think too like it does a pretty good job of 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 just selling this idea of like oh yeah dragons are here and you it's the future. It's the near future, and there are dragons and they've come back. I think the whole like we're digging a subway and we cracked open a, a thing and there was dra- gi- like all these dragons in there. It's kind of wonky. Sometimes how they explain the biology is really cool and sometimes it's not, you know when they're talking about how they figured out that dragons were dinosaurs that killed the other dinosaurs. And then, because they killed all the dinosaurs, they ran out of food, and then they just went into hibernation for millions of years. But then, also at the same time, all the legends of dragons also come from these dragons. And like, which one was it? Were they were they dormant for millions of years, or were they also around in medieval times? You know. You know. And if they were, and if they were around in medieval times, how come they didn't wipe out every, uh, the world then, like they did now?
0: It's funny you bring up those questions because I am way more willing to accept uh, an unreliable narrator in this case or not even unreliable. But like when the speed of which things sort of deteriorate civilization wise, I totally am like willing to be like they're probably wrong. Right. And uh, they're never going to know the difference, so it doesn't matter. It it sounds cool, at least. Same with, like, Mad Max. Like, I think there's a bit in... Uh, uh, I don't remember which one it is, but at the beginning of one of the Mad Max, they're doing the little, like, the recap of, like, how the world fell apart. And uh, it, there's a line about, like, it happened so fast, no one really knew what...
1: It totally. Was. And I like, and I'm, I'm, and in a lot of scenarios, I'm okay with that. And, and, and I think it works. Uh, they do like similar thing in the matrix where they say like, we don't really know who we don't know who pulled the trigger first. And like, we think it's around the year this, but honestly, we don't know, you know, there's all these questions about like uncertainty. And I think they do a good job of explaining that in this one, a lot of that stuff is like, said is definitively like like the scientists figured out this xyz and this is and this is what's happening is like if we track down there's only one male and if we track it down we kill it and then like two months later all the dragons are gone because they killed the one male who is making new dragons but what happened to all the other pre-existing dragons you know right those are the things where it's kind of like it's just like either too convenient or just like not thought out well and when you juxtapose it with things that are thought out well, it makes them stand out more. You know, if the whole thing was just nonsense, that where nothing made any sense, I can accept. I, in that scenario, I could accept the stuff that doesn't make sense because that's just the movie. Because it tries really hard, and, and at times does a very good job of explaining this world and making the making parts of it feel very real. When the parts that don't feel real really like are very glaring to me
0: yeah as a movie viewer you want to see and know that stuff but in in my mind too like imagine you're there like in the scenario you would just sit there not knowing anything right right like you would have no information and so you would just have to speculate wildly based on like a lack of dragons you'd be like well i guess it was just this
1: Yes. And I'm okay with that. But we're like, <laughs> I mean, literally sometimes that's all you need is a character going like, I don't know, maybe this happened. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, I've, I know we've talked, talked about this before, but I'm always like shocked how much in, uh, us, they like the, like people, like audience members accept Red's explanation of what's going down in the, going down in the underworld as at face value, you know? Because it's like her it – she even says like, as best as I can figure out, this is what's going on. I'm like, well, what are you basing that on? You're just like a kid who got like shoved down there and into this world and you had to make sense of it somehow. So you conco- concocted this story, but there's no like evidence or – you know, like, oh, I found this document or anything like this. And people, like, say, like, taking it and go, like, oh, they're just making experiments down there, blah, blah, blah. This doesn't make any sense. I'm like, of course it doesn't make any sense. And it's not supposed to make any sense. And why are you accepting this explanation at face value? That's totally different than, like, here's the explanation from the scientist and the, they, they figure this thing out and this is definitively how it works. But it opens up all these plot holes type of thing. Yeah. But what do I know? I, I I'm not I'm no dragon expert. Hey, what we does about... uh?
0: Speaking of dragon experts, what is it at the beginning when uh, Christian Bale gets spit in the face, and then his uh, eyes are bleeding?
1: So they say that the dragons have like two chemical compounds that when they spit them out.
0: Yeah, they combine.
1: Uh, uh, Combine and essentially turns in like napalm. Yeah. So I guess it was just one of those things and not both of them.
0: It's a pretty cool visual. I really like the opening. That's to me, that's one of the standout scenes that really like pulls you in for the ride.
1: I see. I'm kind of like a little bit of the reverse. Where, I don't know, like... Yeah, the dragons have to come from somewhere, but maybe it's just like, and obviously, like unearthing things that have been dormant for th- millions of years is 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 a no new like trope and can be a lot of fun sometimes. But having it just be like right under London, next to all the subways, and they are just like, oh, we're building a new subway tunnel next to this one, and like we call, crack, go, call it a tube, the tube a tube. And you cracked up, cracked open this, and there's a million dragons in there. It's like I don't know, like that one's that's kind of hard for me to swallow.
0: Well, I don't think there was a million. I think there was enough that they were a problem, and then I guess they do say that, and, and then they just like multiplied was... very quickly based yeah. on the fact that it's a single male fertilizing a ton of eggs, which that makes right. sense. And if the, you know, with a, a sort of a fertile hunting ground, then the the dragons are eating very well, and then multiplying, you know, fairly quickly. Yeah. So I think that makes sense to me. How's that for a plot hole, you son of a bitch?
1: (laughs) I still think it's a a little wonky.
0: Yeah, fine, but whatever. What's a better way for dragons to be introduced? Should they come down on a spaceship? Should they be grown in a lab? Should Should people... like a pharmaceutical company comes out with a drug to treat, like, uh, I don't know, skin conditions, and it accidentally turns people into dragons?
1: Yes. Cool. I don't know, they live in a volcano or something? I don't care.
0: I mean, what's the difference? Live in a volcano, uh, sleeping underground, same shit.
1: I'm just saying, like, the proximity to other stuff. Hmm. It's not the worst thing, but... I think that opening is cool visually but like it's I don't know. It's a pl- also it's just like he's like I'm a little kid and I accidentally found dragons. I don't know. It's just something about it.
0: Well, usually the little kid is a uh, befriends a dragon and then rides it around, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they're they're realistic. subverting that expectation.
1: We know that we know how children react to dragons, how dragons react to children. It's been proven time and time again and uh Usually,
0: dragons, if they see a child, will grab them uh, by the scruff of their neck, you know, by the back of their shirt, and then they'll whip them up into the air, and then they, you know, fall perfectly onto the back of their neck, you know, right. in a, like a saddle position.
1: Right. So why? But yeah, that I, didn't I, happen I, here, and so that as
0: soon as that didn't happen, I was like, "Wow, where are we going
1: next?" I just ch- i I checked out. <laughs> you know, you were like, "Oh, this is crazy," and I'm just like, "You expect me to believe this? Give, come on." And then I keep waiting for a different dragon to show up and be like, okay, like right, that was Right, one the that's bad a different
0: dragon. color, so you know, yeah, like right. one that's entirely gold. How does this rank for you amongst the other dragon movies of the well, that period?
1: I'm just trying to think about like, because there was Dragonheart, right? And I never saw that with Sean Connery as a dragon. Is there any other dragon movies from that period? I mean, really, there aren't that many dragon movies. Period.
0: Let's take a look here.
1: There are some movies that might have like. Crouching Tiger
0: Hidden Dragon?
1: Yeah, there's no actual dragons in there. Uh,
0: what's that Jet Li movie? Is that Kiss of the Dragon?
1: Yes, also no dragons that in there. Movie is oddly sick enough. as hell, though, though. I love that movie.
0: Uh, Red Dragon.
1: <laughs> also, no dragons. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All from that time period, but no dragons. Um, now, there's only like a handful. I mean, I guess it only it makes sense, too, that there aren't that many heavily dragon-focused movies because until relatively recently, it would be kind of hard to pull off. Yeah, it was know?
0: hard as hell. Um, yeah, the ones I can see are Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon, Emperor, Aragon, which is dragon spelled backwards. Ugh. It's not dragon spelled backwards. And D-Wars you know dragon wars that like direct to video mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. um yeah there were not really many dragon movies to be honest i feel like there was a third big one that i'm missing but i can't find like it. from that time period yeah i feel like it was like the big 3 it was reign of fire dragon heart and then well there's dragon else.
1: slayer from the 80s
0: right
1: that, i remember that movie as a kid being cool but I've not seen it since I yeah, was Yeah, well, kids little. like anything. Yeah, Merlin from
0: 1998?
1: Oh, my God. I might have a dragon in it, the but the it's TV not. TV series?
0: A... Let's see. Maybe I'm thinking of Aragon, because that was the closest one, and that has a friendly dragon in it. I mean, I guess Lord of the Rings, uh, those movies were coming out from, like, Two Towers came out in 2002.
1: Yeah, but there's no dragon in there.
0: Yeah. Oh, Shrek has a big dragon in it. That doesn't count. Uh, No, it doesn't. While Dragonheart came out in 1996, our timeline is all screwed up. We don't know anything about movies. I mean, I would
1: say a movie that came out in 96 and a movie that came out in 2002 is generally the same time period, you know? Uh,. But yeah, there's just not a ton of them. So I would say this is definitely one of the better dragon movies. Oh, this is really a rambling on here.
0: Well, I asked you what where you would rank this with the all-time dragon movies. I guess this is the best one there is. <laughs> I would
1: have to rewatch Dragonheart or uh, not Dragonheart, uh, Dragon Slayer. Yeah. So I remember that being pretty cool. Hmm. But like I said, there was a there was a little kid. The movie poster's still awesome. So yeah, this would probably be up there and uh, up there one of the better dragon movies. You know, I will say the, those recent Hobbit movies, while not great, I do think Smog was executed very well. So that's a cool dragon, if not a dragon movie. There is a cool
0: dragon movie starring Dean Cain. That is, n- no. It's called Dragon Fighter. It's a sci-fi channel original.
1: Do you know the words that just came out of your mouth? There's a cool movie starring Dean Cain.
0: Yeah, but he's, like, using guns and technology to fight a dragon. You know?
1: This looks terrible.
0: But they have, like, little headsets. (laughs) You know? Like, they're a tactical... A group of scientists working deep in an underground lab clones and hatches a thousand-year-old dragon after finding its remains in a cavern in southern England. After the critter goes from one cell to full-grown in three hours, it goes on a rampage, killing most of the scientists and escaping to the surface. Naturally, bullets don't phase it at all. Our intrepid hero helps kill it before it can menace all of mankind. Sort of alien meets Rain of fire. (laughs) That was a user-generated
1: synopsis. (laughs) Sounds like a winner. The
0: tagline, Uh, there can only be one dominant
1: species. I guess so. Um, okay, yeah, I'm, I'll probably never check that one out, but so I'll just take your word for it.
0: The featured uh, review is titled "Really Crappy." I like B movies and seeing the guy on the front of the cover that used to play Superman and the UFO films logo. <laughs> There's no punctuation in
1: this review. I'm not really Of that. course not. <laughs> Anyone who takes the time to write a review for this movie is not someone who uses punctuation.
0: I always feel stupid because I read based on like the grammar and the the, the punctuation that someone puts in there So I'll just start reading something and if it's it's gibberish, I'll just <laughs> I'll go too far with it. Oh, people shouldn't allow to have that much power.
1: No. All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts on Reign of Fire? I think that's pretty much sums it up for me. If you mimby this movie, give
0: it a watch. It's a fun time. Also, show it to kids. There's a really great sequence where Gerard Butler and Christian Bale recreate Star Wars, and it's a cute and fun thing. And there's also a subplot about a kid getting put in charge to lead the civilization and uh, who knows, that might inspire your kid to uh, lust for power and influence over
1: their peers. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like this movie. Give it a watch. Um, it's got some dumb parts, but it's got some really fun parts. Too. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Stay tuned
0: next time. Yeah. We're finally doing it. We're doing the big one. What everybody's been waiting for—I know you've been excited. 2013's R.I.P.D. The Rest in Peace Department, starring Ryan Reynolds. Wait, let's go. Is that happening? Let's do is it. Is this baby. real?
1: Have you seen this movie?
0: Uh, I saw like half of it, like one time.
1: All right. Well, that wraps it up, guys. I think so. Um, we're coming back soon. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, that's about it. So, Keith, what do you always say? What
0: will we do when we sleep? Keep one eye on the sky. And until next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everyone.
1: Show's over. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing.